Chapter 19 The End of Wrong He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 You know, having a baby is expensive. You're never really ready for all the stuff you have to buy when a new baby comes into your family. And I guess that's why we have baby showers. This, in my opinion, is a much-needed tradition in our society. When a couple is having a baby, it's a good and kind thing for all their friends to gather around them, throw a big party, and give them all the stuff they're going to need. After all, a whole new person is moving into their house, and who can afford to buy the wardrobe, the various feeding accessories, and assorted vehicular augmentations that come with this tiny roommate? What's more, it seems like every single day someone invents some new thing for babies that you basically can't live without. For instance, at some point, baby wipes were invented. And now we all have to have these things. They're amazing and necessary. Then someone came up with the idea of the wipe warmer, which is like a little electric thermos for baby wipes. You plug it into the wall and store your wipes in there so that they're nice and warm the next time you have to change a dirty diaper. Brilliant. And yet, it's one more thing that costs money. These days, a new baby arrives in a family and thousands of dollars are spent on the nursery. Folks buy paint, wallpaper, framed art, baby furniture, a closet full of tiny, soft clothes, tons of toys, a designer stroller and a car seat, breast pump, bottles, bibs, bouncy seats, specially designed DVDs, a really nice digital camera, and on, and on, and on, ad nauseum. There's no end to the amount of stuff folks buy in order to get their house ready for the baby. But of course, Mary and Joseph didn't have any of it. There was no baby shower for Mary and Joseph. No family members or friends gathered around this couple to encourage them or help them get ready by picking up the tab for a pack-and-play crib or really anything else for that matter. They were on their own. When Jesus was born, Joseph grabbed whatever cloth was handy and turned it into a makeshift onesie. When Jesus was sleepy, Joseph kicked all the barn animals out of the feeding trough, loaded it with straw, and probably his own jacket, in order to convert it into a crib. There were no baby wipes and no desitin cream to soothe the diaper rash. Mary and Joseph were scrambling and inventing at every step of this journey. I mean, it's not that this couple wasn't prepared for what was happening. It's just that they were broke. Mary and Joseph came from a poverty-stricken region of a country that was under the oppression of an occupying foreign invader. No one really had very much money, unless they were extremely important, or else aligned with Rome, or both. No one had a whole lot of power or freedom to live their life the way they wanted to because of Rome. All of this means that Jesus was born into a home run by a couple of unknown middle schoolers who were already downtrodden way before there was another mouth to feed. So the Son of God grew up poor and oppressed. He didn't have opportunities or options to climb up the social ladder of success. He didn't have access into the comfort of the upper crust or the middle class. Jesus and his family just scraped by day to day. When he grew up, he said, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man 
has no place to lay his head. But this all seems wrong, doesn't it? Jesus was with God in the beginning, taking part in the creation of this world. He invented the laws of thermodynamics. He came up with DNA. He was the abstract artist who thought of maple trees and mountain streams. Every single sunset is an original work of art straight out of his mind and heart. And yet, when Jesus came to live here, he was poor. How could that be? He could have taken his rightful place as the undisputed king of the universe. He could have insisted that all of creation do the very thing it was straining and longing to do when he showed up, which is to worship him constantly. Every tree wanted to wave its branches in praise. Every drop of water in every ocean wanted to leap up and clap for him. At his slightest bidding, every single atom in all of creation would stop what they're doing and array themselves toward Jesus to serve at his pleasure. But he was poor. Jesus was hungry. Jesus was oppressed and disenfranchised. The Almighty Son of God came here and allowed Himself to be completely and utterly powerless. But why? When Jesus grew up, He once went to the synagogue in His hometown of Nazareth and stood up to read from the scroll of Isaiah's prophecy. He unrolled that ancient text almost all the way out to the very end and read, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And after reading those unbelievable words, Jesus rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the synagogue attendant, sat down and said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Whoa. I mean, in case you missed it, Jesus just detonated a bomb on that place. He told them that he had come to bring justice and life to people who had always been deprived, mistreated, and held prisoner. He came to deal with our sin, but he also came to deal with all the impacts of our sin. The hatred, greed, racism, abuse, and all the other unbelievable kinds of suffering that are brought about by our wrong and the outrageous depths of pain that they all lead to. Jesus came to reverse the plight of the downtrodden, the poor, the undervalued, and the overlooked. He came to love the untouchables and fill the hungry. He came to overturn the cruelty of wealth and power, and He came to rule in every heart, dismantling all the evil that our lust for power and greed have given birth to. The funny thing is, an amazing and powerful people have tried this before. There are gifted, brilliant, magnetic, and wonderful folks who have tried to change the world and solve its problems, but they've all failed. Wildly successful people have tried to go back to their communities and reverse the tides of injustice. But for the most part, they don't really understand what it's like for poor and oppressed people. As much as they want to get it, they just don't get it. But Jesus is different. 
He was the king of heaven, but he came down and allowed himself to be poor. He didn't look down from on high and throw money at our problems like some prom king or a homecoming parade, tossing candy out on the little kids lining the streets. No, Jesus was born in the dirt and mess of animal filth in a stable. He was laid in a manger instead of a crib, and he lived every single day of his life as a poor man. Hebrews 2 says of Jesus, For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. In order for Jesus to complete his mission of justice and fulfill Isaiah's words, Jesus had to live an entire human life as a poor, oppressed, voiceless nobody from nowhere. And he did it every single day for over 30 years. Jesus knows what it's like to be hated, mistreated, kicked aside, and devalued. He knows hunger and homelessness. One day he will bring justice to everyone with love and fire in his eyes because he knows what it's like and he is ready to put an end to wrong forever. <laughs>